You're listening to Life and Shit. I'm Danielle Walker. And I'm Tommy Walker. Join us as we talk about our journey overcoming fears, boundaries, marriage, family, lifestyle, business, and whatever other shit you can think of. We're individuals that came together to create one unit with one mind and one goal. question does my hair look good because <laughs> <laughs> i just took my hat off <laughs> yeah a hair hat or yeah, hat hair, hat hair bed, bed head bed head you're yeah. not used to having hair like that exactly. that's <laughs> my neck star hurt because i got hair and yeah, shit yeah yeah that's true but, you know we we don't we don't play around we don't front <laughs> but we got a special guest in the house today i'm we've been trying to do this for Probably a year, yeah, a minute, yeah, uh, like, schedule, like legit, yeah, had a things year. happen. But but this I mean, true. when this you got true. the president and CEO, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. of San Diego City College, <laughs> like you got to work around mm-hmm. his schedule. Mm-hmm. Just a young kid from the ghetto <laughs> trying to make it, bro. <laughs> that's a, but 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 now you helping other young kids from the ghetto make it. That's <laughs> right. That's right. You know, and we gonna get into a lot of that and and your backstory. But we're just super honored to have oh, you. Man, the feeling is mutual. <laughs> Dr. Ricky Shabazz in the house with us, the president. CEO of San Diego City College and and City College is is one of those things that it hits home for San Diego. Yes. You're an alumni of San, yes. City, City College. Uh, yep. Our director is alumni of City College, right? Yep. So I'm surrounded by smart people <laughs> right now. <just. laughs> That's always a good thing. Yeah. The inverse isn't. Exactly. It's, like, it's like, I never want to be the smartest person in the room. No. You know what I mean? Right. I ran cross country for City College nice. as well. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Athletes. Yes, I did. Check, check you out. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm getting tired just hearing cross country. <laughs> I ain't believing what she said. I was like, hey, right, cross country. What does that even mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Like you ran across. Like you wasn't forest. No man, it, it felt like forest. They created these paths for us, and they had us go all the way in here. Park and, like, and everything, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was great times. So great they, time so did it, y'all still have cross? Oh country? Yeah. 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 Matter of fact, they just came back from state. Uh, Right before Thanksgiving. They went to state. See yeah. that? Yeah. See that? See? See that. Ah. Three or four years in a row. Wow. Yeah. See, yeah. I would love to say I had something to do with it, but I oh, did not. They like, this girl, we need to get new coaches in here. <laughs> now, nah, you run like a gazelle. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you. You be doing thank it there. You. Thank you, baby. So I for those it. that don't know, uh, Dr. Ricky Shabazz is uh, new to San Diego in the sense of you got in position in 2017 yeah right yeah so you took over as president um of city college in 2017 you were up in san bernardino before yeah. that just came back from there man and, and literally just came <laughs> yeah, back literally. Now, can't let it go that's right. <laughs> yeah. and that's about two hours from us in the inland empire for those that don't know um specializes in just you know like when i read about dr shabazz it it, it was like this long paragraph of everything that he did <laughs> But you know me, I, I like to simplify it. Specializes <laughs> in making sure students succeed. Mm. I love like, that. Like from start to, to, to finish. I just like the way that sounds. Right? You know what I mean? Right? Like, like, not, like not, me not, not a passion for it. Specializes, specializes in it. it. That's right. right. Yeah, so, so I really appreciate that. And I love to hear more about how you got to where you are yeah. and, and, and everything. And, and not only that, your, your dad's a veteran. Mm-hmm. And your, your mom was a teenage mom. Yes. Right? So had you when she was a teenager. Today. 
is my mother's birthday. Get out of here. Yes. Happy birthday, yes. mom. Yes. Happy birthday. That's super dope. Yes, it is. And and I can relate That's to special. you in, in that because my grandmother had my mother when she was a teenager. Mm. Um, my mother had me when she was a teenager, mm-hmm. right? Same story. Yeah. So Same thing. That generational mm-hmm. thing. Uh, Danielle had her first uh, daughter when she was a teenager. You know, it, it's it's part of our culture. It's real. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? True. And, and and then you you didn't let any of that be your excuses. Right. Right. So so I can't wait to get into that, but I'm going to let Danielle do her thing. And I guess the question is, is today is, uh, what the hell is uh, enrollment management? I, <laughs> yeah. no I was like, enrollment management? <laughs> See, because my story with uh enrollment in the college was i got accepted to morgan state university okay. uh-huh. i go down there hbcu down, rep yeah I yeah yeah i go down there kid from i'm 17 years old from from queens new york i get to baltimore first of all baltimore is scary i thought new york was scary right baltimore is just as scary and I, I do my whole program i'm dialed in i'm partying been there five days they said all right we need that first check <laughs> and i was like yo dad where's that checked and he was like, I got a bus ticket for you back to New York because mm. we can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And I had nobody to guide me. Like, all I seen was people slinging loans and credit cards. Mm. They said, you could get this credit card, pay for your, your, your college. Did you that. get this loan, yeah, yeah. pay for your college. And it scared me. Mm-hmm. And I was just there by myself. I was like, I don't know what to do. Right. So I, I bounced. I left. Not, and I never went to college. I went to the military mm-hmm. instead. So, so here to talk about it and then to see... How you professionalize? I'm like, I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to let's do it. This, you know, right, right. Before we get in that, um, I know a lot of people want to know about you as a person. Um, one thing that I know a lot of people want to know right off the top is if you're single and ready to mingle, or are you married? Yeah, because that smile is impeccable. <laughs> <laughs> you look at every yeah. every picture with Doctor Shabazz. This smile is yeah. I'm like, let let the ladies know. Are you well aboard? Someone that already got you locked down. A- absolutely, happily married to my soulmate uh, my, my wife also works in education matter of fact she worked at city college when we met nice. and uh, had to make the very tough decision of leaving when i became the president mm. um so we're raising our blended family we're both on our second go around and and uh let me just say that i love being married love family and she would be a dope person to have on your show uh she has an amazing story probably even more so amazing than, than mine's okay. Afro-Brazilian um, learned a lot about black people all over the world mm-hmm. through, through her. Uh, matter of fact, we're leaving for Brazil on December 20th. We typically spend Christmas down in Brazil because it's there. It's our winter. Not that we have a winter in yeah, San Diego, true, true. but uh, down there is their summer. So yeah. I'm down there in flip flops, shorts. And I love when I'm down there, that no one realizes that I'm not Brazilian. Because <laughs> you get down there and you're like, why didn't nobody tell me about this? Like, everybody looks like me. Hey, do you speak uh, Portuguese? Um, a little. Okay. Uh, but interesting enough, most of my wife's friends speak English. And then I have my wife there. So okay. she, she's doing her thing. Nice. I know how to say no fala yo Portuguese. <laughs> which means I don't speak, I don't speak Portuguese. Portuguese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you ever try, like, because Danielle and I, whenever we travel, we'll do, like, a hardcore six months of Duolingo. Mm. Like, hardcore. And then that's it. And then when we get to the country that we were studying for, we forget 50% of whatever right. we yeah, learned. Some of it we were able to kind of, yeah. but, yeah, we don't speak it. Nah. Yeah. So do you, do you at least Duolingo some? She don't even make you, like, some days. Like, well, see, no, the interesting thing, my, my mother-in-law who is a black woman, black Brazilian, only speaks Portuguese. She doesn't speak English. 
I speak to my mother-in-law in Spanish because I speak more Spanish than I do Portuguese. Okay. And if you speak Portuguese, you can understand Spanish. But if you speak Spanish, you can't understand Portuguese. <laughs> but most of the verbs are the same. Okay. The pronunciations are different. But uh, most of the people I wind up speaking to in Spanish. Oh, that's, that's dope. Yeah. I love it. Can you tell me, how, how do you feel that your family has evolved over the years? Um, and, and like, how have those changes impacted you? So it's evolved, one, because we're in a blended family. So I have a 21-year-old um, stepson. You know, I don't even call him my stepson. I have a 21-year-old son. He's got a 14-year-old daughter who runs the household. I need her to slow down. She's a freshman, <laughs> freshman in high school. So having a child or children, a child in college, having a child in high school, works with your patience, mm -hmm. uh, also works with your development because I'm starting to have adult conversations with my daughter and mm. it's dope. It's actually dope to see her maturing. It's not dope to see her interested in boys and some of the other <laughs> stuff that, go, that goes along with it, but I, I see my daughter maturing. And, and, and let me also shout out my ex-wife who I have a great relationship with that's amazing. Who afforded me the opportunity to raise my daughter, right? That doesn't happen. Facts. Yeah. And she took a lot of heat for it, but she realized she didn't want our daughter to have daddy issues. Mm. So five years after our divorce, she was reading my daughter's diary. And my daughter said, look, I want to live with my dad, but I want, I don't want to hurt my mom's oh, feelings. Man. And to the credit of, of my ex-wife, she sent my daughter to live with me and she's been with me since she was five, she's 14. Uh, my ex-wife has a wonderful relationship with my current wife. We, we're adulting, we're co-parenting. Uh, and and I, I gotta shout out both of the women in my life because it could have went the other, it could have went the other way. That, my ex-wife comes, she stays in our guest house, she drives one of the cars, it's not it's not perfect mm -hmm. um but but it but it works and we do it and we can see to, to your question we can see the development and the impact on my daughter because my daughter inherited a bonus mom she inherited a bonus grandmother she has a great relationship with her mother mm. uh and we all make sacrifices for the betterment of the children and you don't see that every day. That story is nope. not told. And so not I got to shout all. out both my current wife and my ex-wife because it takes a lot of work. My ex-wife did not have to have to do to do that. Percent. Yeah, that's I, I mean, Im impressive on many levels. So and many. just and, and just the team aspect. And, and I mean, because same thing, like we're a blended family. Right. And, and we don't have the same story that you have. Like we've we've had the, the smashing of the heads and, and the disagreement and it all revolved around ego. You know, so yeah, so to hear that talk. that ego is not the you know the the thing that's controlling that that relationship. That's that's just magnificent. And shout out to you for being a stand up dad that you were able to and did take your daughter, especially at five. I know that's hard, um, especially for a man to raise a, a little girl right um, on your own or, or even with help. But still, so shout out to you for yeah. doing that. That's yeah. that's amazing. But what do you like to do for fun? Love to travel. Uh, just got back to or back from Cartagena, Colombia. Like I'm tracking mm -hmm. black folks through Central and Latin America. So went to Costa Rica over the summer, mm -hmm. just got back from Cartagena, uh, Colombia. Super dope if you've never been there. Mm -hmm. If you, I, Walled City, I would highly recommend it. Food, restaurants. Okay. I love traveling. So we go on 
at least two, no, three international trips a year. Right, just my wife and I. We leave that we send. That's when we send my daughter to her mother's house. Yeah. <laughs> um, I understand love to that. travel. Um, you know, anyone who happens to look me up will probably find out more information about fishing than education. Uh, that is my passion. Outside of work, love to travel. One of very few uh, black professional bass fishermen in the in the country uh, is something that I just love uh, love to do. I get out on that water. It's highly spiritual. I don't think of my problems. It's it's my therapy. Um, those are really. I mean, it's really family traveling and fishing and work. That's oh, that's I what I do. It. I love it. If someone was looking to create a new habit, what how what would you suggest? Like, how do they go about that? So there's a lot of theory and practice behind this notion that it takes 30 days to develop something. Mm -hmm. uh, and so depending on what the habit was, one, let's pray that it's a positive habit. Or hobby. Um, hobby or hobby. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, one, you got to find a mentor. Like mm -hmm. uh, my story is going to be geared around mm -hmm. having great teachers and having even better mentors. So you got to find somebody who's an expert at it. Uh, and ask them to teach you um, everything they know. Fortunately, I've been, I was always one of those persons, people who didn't have too much pride. Mm -hmm. If I seen somebody that had something that I wanted, I would just say, hey, put me up on game. What, what am I doing wrong? How does this work? Um, and there's a level of humility there. And, and I would say most people are willing to teach you if you're willing to listen. That's mm -hmm. a thousand percent. Um, a thousand percent. I, I love you you got to be willing to listen. <clears throat> yeah, you can't ask and then be like, Oh, I'm only going to take. I'm going to do it my way. Yes. I, I, I think there's another yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's real talk right there. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, the, the last thing I want to ask about is your career um, and, and what exactly you do. Like you're the president, right? So, I mean. That's what they say. Right. And it's like when I think about the president, like what do you, you just walk around and just tell people what to do all day? And then you sit in your office and just like kind of, you know, make sure. Yeah. <laughs> you got the big office. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. It's all right. You know, I, I go to work every day and I wonder how the hell did this happen? Mm. Um, you know, I, I have the best job at the best college in the world. I'm biased. I, I tell people that I went to college and I never left. Literally, I went to college and I never left. As the president, it really is about establishing vision mm. for where you want to go and how you want to get there. But at the core of what I do is try to support other people's ideas, particularly if they're dope, yeah. is try to either leverage resources, find resources, shift resources, so that we can change people's life. I work at a community college. I started my career at a PWI, which stands for predominantly white institution, where I went to school, UC Davis, top 10, top 10 public university in the country. And, and I just remember there were days when I was a student that I never saw another black person. Mm -hmm. So I chose to come work at a community college because most black students, first generation, I can go down the list, right? Community college serves the community. And so most black students start their education at a community college. Mm -hmm. And so I was visiting a community college when I worked at UC Davis, and that's where I was seeing the black and brown students. And so I said, look, that's where I believe my skill set is better used. And so I started working at a community college, even though my, my mentors thought I was crazy. So I started at Compton College, where people thought I was crazy because they had lost its accreditation. And I'll come back to that. 
Um, but but ultimately, what does the president do? I set vision. I set the tone of trying to change the lives of people in the community. My goal before I leave my position is to put 50,000 people in above livable wage careers. Mm -hmm. Because my first year out of college, I made more money than my mom and my dad put together. Now, it wasn't about money, although I, I make a decent amount of money. Uh, it was about being able to change my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, teenage parent, pops in and out of the pen, was in the military. Like my education has taken me places that I didn't even know were, was, I just came back from Columbia. That's right, right. And, right? and, and, that's, a, and that's a good point that you make because people say, oh, well, you know, how did you make it? What And, you know, some people will, will, will put, you know, uh, they would just say education is not it, but education is it. It's education, it's experience, it's all of these different things, and everything works for people differently. It's just how the yeah. tools, like you gotta, you gotta go out there and get the tools. Let's not confuse them. schooling with education, right? Education mm. appears, uh, occurs. Right? Very true. Like, I don't know where you're going to go without some education. Now you might get some places without some schooling. Mm. Very true. Uh, mm. I don't know where you're going to go without some education, whether it's YouTube or mentorship or whatever. The, I try to make a distinction between, and this is actually my research expertise, the difference between schooling and education. A lot of my education came, while it may have been at a college, it came from people outside of the classroom. Mm -hmm. and, and, and City is 17,000 students? About. About 17,000 yeah. students and a staff of 1,000. Yes. So, so, so you set the vision for 1,000 people. Yes. The best part of my job are the people. The most challenging part of the, my job the people. are the people. <laughs> but I, no, real talk, I, I work I with some. That. I work with some dope people. Mm -hmm. People who I hung out with before I became the president because my wife was there. People who I hang out with right now, like you saw John yeah, Parker. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I hang out with the people I work. I love. Very rarely do people talk about work and love being in the same sense. Like, I love true, where I true. work. That's very true. true. true, true. Hey, shout out to John Parker because he pulled up. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The CFO of City College. Yeah. So shout out to John. Black man. South Central. That's right. Navy. Yeah, that's right. First generation college students. That's how we roll with City College. Love it. And we're talking about enrollment management today. So we talked about uh, the, that process of getting in or, you know, when, when, it, when you start or you decide that you want to go. It's overwhelming, right? First off you take that you say okay i'm, I'm gonna go to college i'm gonna go to city college now they they give you this big stack this book right it's all these classes in it and then you get assigned a, a counselor um how would you say the process is for like personal planning for a, a new student and how does that go yeah you know it really depends the easiest way to transition into college is getting into one of our many learning communities. So we have one called Emoja for black students, one for Puente, called Puente for our Latinx students. We have uh, Hubu for black and Latino males. We have these mm. learning communities, 10, 11, 12 of them. Wow. It's easier to transition into one of those learning communities because this the counselor is also teaching the classes mm. and the students take their classes the first year together. Mm. So you're going through a, with a cohort. It's harder, I would say, for the working adult. And that's something we're working on because the vast majority of our, our students are actually working adults. Mm. People who have children, people who have jobs. It's a little harder for them because historically colleges were not set up for people who are primarily primarily taking one class or in the evening or online. 
it could be harder for that type of student to find a home, mm -hmm. to find a place where they're comfortable. And we're spending a lot of time focusing in on that group. Like we're about to open a parent center. Mm -hmm. We're about to do something that's really dope that I know we, I get copied a lot. My team is so, it, we get copied a lot. That, that, we're about to open time. You're going to like this, a barbershop on yeah. campus, not a college, a barbershop. You know what it costs to get a haircut right now? Oh, 50 bucks. I, Easy. I get a lineup and it costs me 20. So, <laughs> so, so what we're, we're trying to create these spaces for students to come into and get some services, connect with the, the staff, the employees, the, the professors, so that we can make it easy for them to transition into college. And a lot of that is built on this notion of enrollment management. Mm -hmm. Now, is, and, that, or is, it, is that something that's abnormal, the, a barbershop on oh, yeah. campus? Oh, so yeah. We'll be the first. You'll be the first. Yeah, and it's going to be a dope barbershop, too. It's going to be music in there. It's yeah. going to be TVs, ah, pool tents. It's going to be a for the culture. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be a kicking spot. Yeah, that's dope. I <laughs> love it. Um, I like that, that you're doing that because, I mean, it makes sense, especially when I was going, I was a young mother. I had I just had my girls. They were like four and um, four and eight, I want to say. Uh, and I was juggling two jobs and then also going to City College. Right. Um, so I would work at McDonald's mm -hmm. from like five to 12. And then I work at Robinson May at night. And then Robinson May, that's, yeah, a, that's right? from that's the okay. blowback. Right. <laughs> Aging myself a little bit there. <laughs> and, um, and then I'd go to City College on the days that I didn't go to work. Uh, so I had it all kind of planned out, right? right. I mean, I, I do talk about hustle. I was, I was hustling, Grinding. you know? Yes. I did my homework on my breaks, you know what I mean? But I, I got it all done. And then I also ran... Um, uh, cross country so you know I had to be there for practices right. and then also take care of and raise my children um, so it was very important yeah. that I was able to mix my classes up and um, able to put things where they needed to be and City College was amazing at did, um, did you have a counselor or somebody that like guided you yes you that? yes I had a counselor um, I had someone who was able to help me with financial aid yeah. now financial aid is a, yes. a, 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 a beast yes right just filling out that that yes FAFSA. application uh -huh. that FAFSA is just yeah. like intimidating it, yes yes now, I've done it tons of times yeah. now and I can help people with it now right. which is amazing you know because it, it is intimidating but it's the same and it's kind of simple once you've done it a couple of times um but with that there's like eosp i don't know EOPNS, if have, uh -huh. yep all, the, all these programs that helped and then even at the end of the program i remember um they had this extra money mm -hmm. and i mean i was in those offices all the time and i think that's important too yeah. to stay in the counselor's face stay especially financial aid right um, I, I applied for every single um, grant that could be done scholarship or anything I was writing I love to write so I was writing essays for anything that I could get any kind of money that was out there for scholarship I was getting it nice um, so I took full advantage of everything that was there is there anything else that I didn't bring up that there's opportunities for you pretty much hit everything, <laughs> and I'm glad to hear you took advantage of that. You know, we give out uh, pushing close to about $300,000 a year in, in scholarships. We That's a, a huge part of what I do as, as the president is work with potential donors. And I'll give an example. Jim Senegal of Costco is our biggest donor. Uh, a billionaire would it be? We've had three billionaires come through the doors of San Diego City College, uh, and many of them give back for the very reason that you just outlined, because they had a positive experience with the college, the college helped transform their life. And so I'm out there connecting with alumni to say, hey, there are other students behind you who need that scholarship check. 
Um, and so that's a very big part of, of what I do. You pretty much hit on all of it. What's coming next, though, is uh, we you mentioned John Parker. Shout out to John Parker. He uh, led an effort along with myself to receive $70 million worth of funding from the state to build a housing uh, development. We broke ground a couple of weeks ago. It's going to take us about three years to actually build it. Mm. But a lot of our stu students are facing homelessness. Mm. And so we're going to build approximately a 800 unit housing development wow. that is going to allow us, our goal is, and hold us to this, is to be able to offer units for under a thousand dollars. Now this is in downtown San, San Diego, yeah, right? Impressive. And so that'll be the next phase of this. Now it's 800. I hope to, in, in my career, be able to also offer housing to employees. Mm. We just announced a couple of days ago that the starting wage for our employees is going to be $30 an hour. Mm. That's nice. Now that's for permanent employees. For part-time, it's gonna be $22 uh, an hour. So our focus at City College is social justice and you can't focus on social justice by just helping students. You gotta help the employees Everybody. who work yeah. at the college right. as well. Right. That's very true. I love that. Now, now, I mean, I hear a lot about, you know, you helping and, you know, people giving back, but what are some of the, the the obstacles? Like what is what is the things that's grinding your gears as president as well? It's like things that you like, Fuck, if I had a magic wand. Yeah. So, so the most important thing I do as the president is hire people. Mm. And I've been doing this for close to 25 years. I'm seeing the highest level of failed searches. One, because it's expensive to live here. So people are getting job offers from places like Georgia and the Midwest, and they're getting excited. And it, it looks like a lot of money mm. till you see what a one-bedroom apartment or, or a three-bedroom house. So right now we're having the same challenges that everyone in San Diego is, is having, is finding highly qualified candidates okay. who can afford to, to live here. So I'm get, having a lot of failed searches for certain positions, which makes it hard for us to do the work if we're not fully staffed. In the last two or three years, I've hired over a hundred people. Uh, out of that thousand employees, about 300 are full-time. The other 700 are largely instructors that might be teaching one class or three classes. Mm -hmm. So we've hired nearly half of the full-time employees in the last two years. Wow. But even with that amount of hiring, we still are seeing a lot of key positions go on field. And these are good paying jobs, but when you pay good, but we're in the highest cost of living place in the, in, probably in the world, yeah, definitely yeah. if not in the, in the country, it can be hard to recruit people for, for key positions. So if I, could, if I could have a magical wand, like I'll just use our nursing programs, number one in the area, number two in the state, number three in the nation, it's hard for me to hire a nurse. A nurse on average can make about 150 to 200 thousand dollars a year a nursing instructor the starting pays around 100 grand between 80 and 100 grand now they'll make up to 150 but if you're a nurse making 200 you're going to take a job making 100 so so right now we're writing grants to try to offset that gap between mm. what a nurse can make in the in the, in the private world mm. with what they would make teaching and we have some other positions like that that is probably my biggest challenge second challenge is 
frankly, people done lost their damn mind post-COVID. So the level of conflicts with people who just don't know how to talk to one another because they've been <laughs> held up in wherever they've been held up. So we're seeing student discipline cases increase. We're seeing people who would normally be friends with each other getting out of pocket. I mean, there's a war going on, so people taking sides. And, <laughs> and um, a college or university setting is normally a place where you could agree to disagree and we could have some spirited debates and then you would give one another a hug or a pound. Mm, yeah. uh, but we're, we're, <laughs> we're seeing conflict at mm. the highest level that I've seen in my career. Nah. And interesting enough, people think it's just at our college. I'm like, uh, no, it's, no, it's yeah. happening everywhere. That's, that's, and that's funny that you say that and people don't think about how the wars are, that are happening overseas impact students. You know, because you got family members over there. You know, you you got people that, um, I mean, we're a melting pot, right? Yes. And, and you're dealing with this. Like and we're said. a border, we're a border, a border city, city, so we yeah. got people yeah. from all over the world that are here. That's a thousand percent. So true. Man, so I, true. I, 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 I wouldn't have thought about that. You said, you said the the. Just the, uh, what would you call it, the, the student conflicts? or yeah, Just conflict in yeah. general. Just yeah, and it's not just students. It's, it's, teacher, it's teacher, We're seeing everybody. conflicts at a, at a high level because people not going to lunch no more. Yeah. People not going to dinner. Just go to, yeah, just go out. Just go have yeah. a coffee. Like, just go have, or take have a walk. Have some wine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or take a walk. Like, you remember, you just take a walk, like a lunchtime. Before Let's take a walk yeah. together. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't yeah. know each other. Like, most yeah. of the people we hired, we hired on Zoom. Some of the people just coming to campus for the first time. And mm. so you don't, the work I do is all about relationships, right? But when you don't have relationships, it's easier to say, oh, Tommy, I don't know that fool. Yeah, he, yeah. you know, he think he all of that. Versus if we go out to dun dinner or to lunch, then I get to know you, your story. Then I'm more likely to say, oh, that's just Tommy. <laughs> I know him, right? <laughs> I, I know how he rolls. That is true. Question, how do you feel technology helps or has it hindered enrollment management? So AI is real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we mm -hmm. are trying to figure out how to use it. Like any technology, it's a gift and a curse, right? There's mm -hmm. So there, there are things. Now, my marketing department, they're killing it they with technology, it, right? right? Yes. They, they, are, they are killing it. This is the best marketing team I've ever had. <laughs> we put a lot of resources in to, to marketing. Uh, but, but communication will make or break a president, right? And so I live in a world where one group of employees say, we want videos. The other group of employees say, we want it written. So you wind up doing both and hoping somebody actually, <laughs> hoping somebody actually. So, so we're seeing AI creep into spaces. Now, again, with, with technology, we have faculty members who are experts at it and have learned how to use it in a positive way. We have some that are afraid of it and think it's the antichrist. We're all going to perish. All the jobs are going to go away. So the easiest way to say this is we don't got this figured out. Mm -hmm. We're figuring it out every day. And anybody who says they got to figure it out, they lying. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Fact. We just and talked I, about yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I just said a, a quote that I heard on uh, the last uh, show that we just did, but it's someone was saying that they have this fear of AI taking over. And they said, you shouldn't fear AI taking over. You should fear someone who knows how to utilize you, yes. it to the fullest capacity, yeah. taking it, you know, and that's what you fear. How are you personally using AI in, in your position? You know, I don't use it because really I just don't have time to use it. A lot of what I do is running around giving speeches okay. or writing or developing my own communications. Uh, I have this amazing office that I'm very rarely in. 
Um, so I don't <laughs> use it in my everyday. I've had to research, right? So a lot of what I do is research. I have to research it and identify who on our campus is an expert at it, identify who on our campus is anti-AI. Mm. Uh, and then my area of research is case study. So are there some cases where it's working? Are there some cases where things have backfired? And so that's really my level of interaction. So I'm more like get the people together who are good at it, let them do some toolkits or best practices or FAQs so that we can decide how to best use it. Um, if you think of a college campus or just life, but particularly college, a college campus, think of a bell curve where on one end you got traditionalists. This is how we always did it. Then on the other end you have innovators. But most of the people are somewhere in the middle. They, 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 they believe in tradition, but they, they realize that innovation is a certain amount of innovation is necessary. So that kind of is how I'm approaching AI too. Like, let me learn about it. Mm. Um, let me learn the, the good things about it. Let me learn the bad things about it. So mm -hmm. that I have a, a level of comfort uh, uh, about it. Now, the thing that I've seen with AI is you got to check it. A thousand percent. Right. Yeah. You gotta you gotta yeah, check it because it'll it'll put out some gibberish and you'd be like, Yeah. And you'd be like, This shit don't make no sense. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, have you ever taken one of your speeches that you've written and throw it in AI and say, like, how does this sound? I I, I uh was working with a mentee who was developing something and we 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 played with the AI and what it put out was garbage to be, mm. to be honest, but it was well written garbage. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so this notion of fake news is real with AI. Like it'll, <laughs> it'll put out some, some well written gibberish. That's and you'd be like, that's not even, that's not factual. Yep. <laughs> that's real talk. Yeah. In, in your position too. I mean, you, you've seen students fall through the crack. You, I, I, like I said, you specialize in the success of them. What would you say is probably one of the boldest moves that you've had to make um, since being president and CEO um, to, to make sure that there were support for the students? Wow, there, there, there are a lot of things. I, I would say the first thing is making sure those people who are working with our most disproportionately impacted students, largely black and brown students, had the resources like they didn't have to come ask for the resources i was like bam um that was something they wasn't used to mm. uh, in my line of work there's a saying that you follow the college's resources and you see what's important to the college so i went to what we call our equity programs our learning communities and i cashed them out off the top like look y'all gonna get bread before anybody else does because y'all working with the most challenging and most deserving of our of our students um the other thing that was probably the most interesting is having Jim Senegal's credit card and buying, <laughs> it must have been a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of computers with somebody's credit card Damn. that somebody would, a billionaire would trust us with their credit card to be able to buy uh, computers. But again, largely is the people who I hired, hired three black male counselors at the same time, but then the word on the street was I was only hiring black people. Then recently, a couple of black people didn't get the job, and the word on the street was I wasn't right. hiring no black people. <laughs> um, but but if you look at my hiring over my career, but specifically at City College, we're one of the few colleges in this country outside of a black college where our employees almost exactly mirror the students. That's mm. beautiful. Yeah. So so. 
what are the benefits of that? Like, I go to work like this. And then for those who can't see, I'm, I'm rocking J's. Yeah. I got jeans. <laughs> I, stopped wearing, I stopped wearing suits a long time ago because I don't cold switch. Like, what, the way I'm talking to you, like, this is just how I get down. Right. Um, and so I think it's important to showcase to the students that you could be your authentic self and have a doctorate or be the president because they need to know what is possible. Mm. But also getting back to the hiring piece, representation matters. City College, I hired the first Latino vice president of instruction in the history of the school. Now, City College is 110 years old. Mm. Hired the first Latino vice president of students in the history of the school, Puerto Rican brother. Uh, our administration looks like the United Nations. Uh, our our market head of marketing is Filipino. I mean, I could go down the list of people who we've hired uh, and they mirror the experiences of the students so that when students come, frankly, they're not going to get that at UC San Diego. They're yeah. not going to get that at, at San Diego State. They will absolutely get that at, at um, City College. That's, that's beautiful. I love that. Now, so we talk about like the recruitment process and then what happens once you're there. But what about post enrollment? You know, like what, what happens when uh, someone is done and they're gone? Is there any uh, follow up? Like how do you like what, what happens then? Yeah, so we we are and would welcome you to join. <laughs> we are rebuilding our alumni. One of the other things and I mentioned fundraising, let me put it in context. Over my six and a half years as president, I've had to rebuild our foundation. Now, if you look at four year colleges, UC San Diego, San Diego State, they have multi millions of dollars in their endowment. Mm -hmm. Community colleges historically do a horrible job at connecting with alumni. Mm. And so we've been rebuilding that over the last five years. I'm happy to report about six months ago, we hired the college's first director of the foundation, invested about two or $300,000 into building an alumni database. And we're gonna roll out over the next couple of months, our first communications with alumni to get them back on campus is going to kick off with a building dedication on January the 25th, I believe, the Thursday the 25th, where we're going to dedicate the Arts and Humanities building to Dr. Constance Carroll, a black woman mm -hmm. who hired me, who had a multi-billion dollar bond program that rebuilt most of City College. Wow. Uh, that'll kick off our communication with alumni. So, so a couple ways to get back to your question. One, connecting alumni back with the college is something we're working on right now. Number two is we do have a career and transfer center where uh, any alumni or someone graduating from the college can utilize the career services side of it, where we have internships and a job board for employers who want to specifically hire city college students or former city college students in this case of alumni. Wow. That's the, that's yeah. The. I love that question. If, what what would you what advice would you have for your younger self if at the beginning of your career? Ooh, that's funny I love this. I, I, that was going to be. It was, I love my this. question was I wish I knew yeah. that. The, the, the younger me would have started traveling internationally sooner. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I didn't go out of the country till I was twenty seven or twenty eight. It was a cruise to Mexico. Um, but as I started to travel, was it Ensenada? I'm surprised. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think they call it the um, booze cruise. No, it's the, the Mexican Riviera oh, cruise. Okay, okay. okay. I haven't been on a cruise since. Really? The younger me would have. The younger me would have. Um, 
would have traveled internationally. Matter of fact, the one regret that I have in undergrad is that I didn't study abroad. Mm. Um, my Spanish would be much better than it is if I had done done that. Um, so, so the younger me would have started traveling internationally um, sooner, would have got a passport sooner. Um, the younger professional version of me would have paid more attention to my investments. Mm. I had a mentor when I first got hired that told me to put money away. I did. I've worked for five colleges. So I kind of just thought, well, I've been putting money away. It's just going. And the first college I worked at, which was UC Davis, where I graduated undergrad, uh, I was putting away 150. You know, people tell you see all these things on yeah. Instagram. If you start putting away at yeah. 22, $150, <laughs> you'll be a millionaire. Well, that's right, but they what they don't tell you is you you got to manage the money. Manage, yeah. So what what <laughs> happened is I was putting away 150, 200 a year. I worked for UC Davis for six or seven years, and when I separated, I didn't pay attention to the money. Mm. And what happened is is actually when I got to San Diego in the summer of 2017, I'm like, yeah, man, let me put all this money together. Because the money from UC Davis, which should have been a lot more than it is, and it's enough, um, it I started getting I started getting charged a fee when I when I left that I wasn't getting charged when I was contributing. So the fee that I was getting charged was almost eating up the interest that I was earning. And so if you look at the money, it was going like this. When I moved it last summer, it's tripled. And so the younger version would have, uh, uh, I would have told myself, look, it's great that you're contributing, but you need to read a couple books on investing at 22, 23, 24. So you better understand compound interest so that you better understand the implication. I actually had a job. I worked at a charter high school for a year. I loved working with high school students. Mm -hmm. It's just not every day. <laughs> so, so when I separated, I had about 25 grand in my retirement account. I didn't try to go get that money till 10 years later. And it was gone. Oh, God damn. Because the charter school has stole the money. Oh. Uh, and why the feds got involved. So so I would tell the younger version of myself, like, it's great that you're contributing and it's great that you got these accounts, but you need to actively manage these accounts. And if you don't know how to do it, take a class, mm. read a book, because I should have a lot more than I do. I mean, I'm not doing bad, but there was a couple of hiccups in there that I wish I would have known when I was in my early twenties that I just didn't. I'm first, first college student in my yeah. family. Mm -hmm. I just didn't first probably person in my family to have some retirement that's, accounts that's and that sort tough. of thing. Yeah. So you just out there rolling the dice, just in the yell words, being willy nilly. Willy nilly. <laughs> willy, definitely willy nilly. Question two, another question. Yeah. There, so there's Mesa college, there's uh -huh. Southwest, right? Uh -huh. There's all these different city colleges. Yes. Now, if someone wants to transfer, how does that work? And then what is the relationship with all these colleges? Like, do you guys have like college fair and oh, all we get together? It. Or yeah. like, are you yeah. guys like, don't go to Stay city, homies. like don't no. go to, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> so, so this San Diego region comprises about nine to 10 colleges that represent or is known as Sedica, the San Diego and Imperial County Community College Association. Matter of fact, we had our meeting today. Mm. Uh, so we meet once a month, the first Monday of every month we meet and we work very collaboratively together more so than anywhere else in the state. Mm. So we all know each other. Our students do go between the colleges as the president of San Diego City College. I am part of a four college 
system in San Diego proper comprised of Mesa College, Miramar College, City College, and the College of Continuing Education where my wife works, which is the non-credit arm of our system. Normally adult ed career planning is what uh, the College of Continuing Education is. Our students absolutely take classes at each of the campuses and it's easy to do so. The vast majority of students who come to City College do so planning to transfer to one of the area four-year universities. Another percentage of them come wanting to get a certificate and go right into the workforce, and we facilitate both of those. So I want to give you a heads up because we do a final thought and, and you know, we like to drop a little value on and, and things like that. So I want you to think <laughs> about your final thought um, as we wrap up. But I want you to go back to because you mentioned that Compton lost its accreditation. Yeah. What was that about? So <laughs> <laughs> some people were stealing some money and doing things they shouldn't have done. And so they lost this accreditation. But I'm happy Damn. to report that I was part of the team that helped them get it back. Nice. When I arrived at Compton, there were about 3,000 students. When I left, they had the biggest population in the history of the school. And, and Compton's a, a, approaching 100 years old. So when I left the largest graduation, we had about 15,000 students. They haven't had 15,000 students since. Wow. But it was being in the right place um, at the right time. So they lost their accreditation. It's a process where a visiting team comes. And they was just doing, I shouldn't say they, because the vast majority of the people at the Compton were amazing people. They were doing their job. But there was some, some leadership and some board members during that time that were just doing some things that they shouldn't have been doing. They was doing too much. And, and you said stealing money. So, so what's the balance for you as far as making sure that, like every other business, you know, especially a CEO, I need to make sure that we're profitable. Yeah. And I need to make sure that, you know, what our goal is, is making sure that we have successful students. Yeah. How, how do you balance that? You just described what enrollment management is. <laughs> that is exactly what enrollment yeah. management is because a lot of people do not think about a college as a business. Now, if you look at the definition of a business, by sheer definition, what makes something a business is that it has employees. Well, you already established that I got a thousand employees, so that makes us a business. Now, I can never say that that way in front of my faculty because they would say this is not a business. It's an institution. <laughs> But the reality is, if people don't get paid, then, then you know, we're in trouble. So we have to manage the college's resources. And the way that the college receives um, resources, revenue, is based on the number of students who attend the college. There are different measures in our funding formula, and one of them is the number of students who graduate, the number of tr transfer students, the number of students on financial aid. So there are all these measures that allow us to get funded and funding and revenue, uh, and, and it amounts to exactly what enrollment management is. Those who are coming, those who are leaving, there has to be a balance between the two. Mm, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it does. Um, time for quotes? <laughs> you still, I, have a quote. But, I do. But, but my, my final thought is before you drop your quote, because mm -hmm. I know you got a, a dope-ass final thought, but, uh, dealing with enrollment, is... is I always had this, this this stigma about community college. Like, I, I have four kids, mm. right? And and my kids never had a plan when it came to, and I was the one, I was saying the same thing. I was the first time uh, or the first generation to go to college in my family. And my kids didn't grow up the way I grew up. Like, mm. I, I had it tough. I was like, you guys, you know, I gave you a good life. I came from nothing. I went to college. I didn't, couldn't afford it, joined the military, all these things, and then paid for my own college. Right. 
And then I always had the stigma about community college. Mm-hmm. It was like if you if you're going to community college, you wasn't trying hard enough. Right. All you do was was continuing your high school. Yeah. And after walking City College, and I was I was with John. Yeah. And we walked we we walked. It's in, a dope spot. Huh? It, it really is. <laughs> and, and the impact that you're doing, and especially because the only community college I've ever actually not, I went to Southwestern for one class when I was mm. in the military, that, and that was online. So right. was, and I was in the military, I was like, oh, they're treating me nice. <laughs> but the impact that City College, San Diego City College, has on the community, and the the big audacious goals that you have. I mean, from like you just said, 800 unit. Uh, apartment complex yeah. for not only students but eventually staff barbershops the the everything that you guys have built over the last few years and then everything that's happened under your leadership is so much impactful that i think the the san diego in itself don't don't really get yeah. and and i gotta give you your flowers now because Appreciate of it. what you've done in the last six years and the impact that you had on the culture and and you know you made fun of us being on the internet and all that stuff but you're out there yeah. like like when i see you you're in the street just like how you said you said right now you're in the streets with your students yeah. and and you know your students you you know where they came from and and i'm glad to have a brother like you that that could represent and make people comfortable and to hear my wife come from that that and everybody come from that that and see what has what it has done for them like it's and i'm not from san diego or i'm not from the west coast but to see how much impact it has on a community is just beautiful to me you know it's, yeah. and I, I w- like i wish i would i would go take a class right now yeah you should yeah i'm gonna take spanish I, I keep saying as soon as i get yeah, some yeah, time yeah, right. i'm <laughs> definitely gonna take a spanish class yeah, yeah. So, so my hat's off to yeah. you like like i want to give you your flowers yeah. i'm just an amazing human being yeah. all the way around and a great leader yeah. like you're a fucking great leader yeah, pr- appreciate it if i can say a couple of things one because i i wanted this on the record one city college was dope before I got there. <laughs> I hope I made it doper, <laughs> um, and, and it really is because of the people. The, the people, the people who work at city is intense because of the population that we serve. Right, most yep. of the folks who go to city college are from Southeast San Diego, Southeast Stand Up, and Oops. you know they can't <laughs> live in the buildings that surround. I mean, most of the employees can't. can't I can't live in some of the buildings that surround the campuses. So it takes a special kind of person who has been assembled at this college, which allows and creates an environment where Ricky Shabazz, because Ricky Shabazz can't go work anywhere. Mm. Got to be an urban area, serving urban students, providing an urban education. So the stars lined up. But it is important for me to say that City College was dope before I got there. (laughs) That's dope. I love it. And me coming from a space and a place that um, I I needed City College. um, Me too. I'm very grateful for Uh, (laughs) it. Very, very grateful for all of the processes and what it taught me um, and what I I got from it. Um, My final thought... It's just that you kind of said it all there, babe. You yeah. you you, uh, you kind of wrapped it all in. So thank you for that. And I just kind of did all that. Dope. Before you drop your final thought, if people wanted to follow you, where can they follow you? Your all of your your, your handles, and then you know what's new for City College. Uh, you know, drop signups, enrollment, all that stuff. Yeah. So. You can find me on all the social media. I'm not on, I'm on TikTok, but that's like my daughter's age, right? So I'm aging myself, mainly on Facebook, Instagram, 
Twitter, Dr. Ricky Shabazz, Ricky Shabazz. There's not a lot of Ricky Shabazz's running around, so it's probably me. Although there is a rap group in Canada named Ricky Shabazz. That's but cool. that's not me. I don't rap. I don't drop bars. That's not, I can't do it. My, my daughter would say I can't. Um, <laughs> social media, very, very active. Would love to be able to help you. I, I'm pro-education. Certainly, I'm biased that no other college is going to match City College. Right. That's just how we roll. Like, our swag is on a 1,000. I love it. Um, it. But it takes a certain type of student to do well at City College. The beauty of a community college is that there are others out there. So whether it's Mesa, Miramar, Southwestern, um, Grossmont, I just want you to use education and, and what ultimately is a free education. And, and you hit on something, Tommy, that there was a stigma with community college until universities start costing 50, 60, 70,000. Now community colleges are very relevant in terms of a, an affordable, a quality education that will allow someone unique place that serves a student population and our theme is you belong here mm. and this notion of belonging is not just rhetoric like you can come we, we've got a pride center we've created spaces for students to be themselves and I, I like to describe it two ways one I don't want a student who goes to city to have the experience that I had at at UC Davis where I would go days without seeing another person who looked like me. Mm. My goal at City College is a student should not walk more than 10 feet without seeing some kind of representation of who they are. That means everything, everything. veteran, first generation, Somalian, Latinx, LGBTQIA, whatever your thing is, whatever community you are a member of, you in 10 feet, you're going to see somebody who is also a member of that uh, community. Uh, the, the, the second thing is when you get there, people are going to understand your story. One of the dopest things is I had a, an Eritrean student who had just got to the country, didn't speak a lot of uh, English. And so I was like, hey, what, you know, where are you from? I walked him right to one of our amazing counselors who spoke his language. I was working with a Haitian, you know, there's a lot of Haitians in San Diego right now, mm -hmm. was working with a Haitian brother. He didn't speak the language, walked him right up to someone who spoke Cre Haitian Creole. So, it, you know, th those are really the two takeaways. One, you belong at City College. And two, there, there are... That there's an intensity and a swag at City College that when you get there, there are going to be people who understand your story and can help. That's it. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe that more. Like I, I see, I see it in the president. Yes. <laughs> so super it. dope. Thank you for joining us on Life and Shit. Oh yeah. man, thanks, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You all Life did me appreciate it. You all Life did an amazing job, by the way. Thank appreciate you. you. Thank you. Love Do us a favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Leave a review. Let us know what your thoughts are. That's the only way that this show is going to be successful. And we appreciate you. Talk with you next time.